0: listeners, and welcome back to your most favoritest and hatedest podcast, Hindsight is Horrifying. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Darth Jader, and with me is my co-host, Jason. Hello, everybody. Yes, welcome back, listeners. We actually have a bit of a different episode for you today because this is the first episode where we are actually discussing a program that geezer Jason over here, who just had his <laughs> big birthday. Tell him how old you turn, Jason. Um, I can't remember. I'm that old. Oh, goodness. The Alzheimer's has already kicked in. Yeah. That's unfortunate. So we better I, get. I,
1: I just celebrated the first anniversary of my 39th birthday. That is such a woman <laughs> thing to say. That is such a mom thing to say, Jason. <laughs> I'm 40 and proud of it, you Woo! bunch of young bastards.
0: Hey, Anthony <laughs> Jeselnik is 40. 40 is a sexy integer to be if it's Anthony Jeselnik's age. So I, th- I'd say you're safe. Regardless. Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) Hey, Anthony Jeselnik is beautiful. Anyway, in case you're listening, Anthony, I love you. But uh, anyway, so it is a bit of a different program today because we're discussing a show that I had never seen previously to my research for this podcast, and it's called Night Court. So, Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit about this ancient programming that you used to love in your very (laughs) distant childhood? Yes, yes. In the long, long ago... In a galaxy far, far away. Uh,
1: Yeah, tonight we are talking about Night Court, uh, which is one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Not only is it uh, it one of my favorite shows, but it's probably the first show that at least I can remember as a kid uh, where my parents let me watch it, and I had the feeling that a lot of the jokes were going over my head, um and of course I went back later on years later and watched it and found out that oh my god this is the dirtiest show. Oh the uh, show is filthy. It really is. <laughs> it's Fil- yeah, it, it's a filthy show. Um Night Court uh it uh, it is considered to be an 80s show, which is fair because it uh it premiered in 1984. Uh but it actually ran into the 90s, ran um <clears throat> nine seasons.
0: Which is uh, impressive for the '80s.
1: Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's one of those one of those shows that just lasted forever. In fact, it was actually, uh, it it was either canceled or everybody expected it to be canceled one season short of nine, and they had okay. actually um, they had actually written an ending for the show. But then NBC came back and actually renewed it for another season, because uh, of course in the early '90s uh, this was in that sort of you know the the period between the great legendary shows of the 80s and the great legendary shows in the 90s. So it was sort of a desert in 91. Um, I don't think Friends wasn't on the air yet. No, Uh, Friends
0: came on the air uh, several years after that. But uh, this show, it, it did last till 1992. And the basic summary on Google is... An eccentric, fun-loving judge presides over an urban night court and all the silliness going on there. Judge Harold T. Stone presides over Night Court, a court which deals with petty crimes which can be dealt with in a -a dime-a-dozen manner. Criminal Court
1: Part 2 is now in session.
0: And the dime-a-dozen actually fits in well with one of the episodes we saw today. We watched uh, Episode 9 of Season 4 called Earthquake, Mm -hmm. which we're watching right now in the studio. And... Uh, given the 80s and, like, early 90s nature, they got away with, away with some uh, slightly racist stuff on the show, like the sumo wrestlers only being able to speak fast food. Yeah. So yeah. that's a well, thing.
1: that's not a racist thing. That's a fat person thing. Oh, that's, okay. That's, then that's, uh, that, that's because Sorry, listeners. Yeah, that's because obviously anyone who doesn't speak English but who is fat would know how to say Big Mac and, and things like that. Yep. Um, They're fluent <clears throat> in fast food. Right. Um, interesting thing about this show is that it's, it, it almost didn't premiere at all. Um, interesting. it was, uh, in the 1983, uh, yeah, 83 season. Mm-hmm. It was not one of the shows that NBC had, had decided to pick up, um, and, uh, and make into a series. Um, it ended up being a mid-season replacement. That's why it actually premiered in January, of 84 because every single show that had been commissioned in 83 had been canceled by (laughs) mid-season oh so
0: this was like hey smoke them if you got them we gotta make a replacement somehow we
1: we need a show we need a show in in a hurry and i think this is one of the shows that really highlights you know the 80s was uh one of the golden eras of the sitcom in the sense that a situational comedy where people would sit around and they would say, "Hey, what what is a cool situation?
0: Give me an occupation." Farmer. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: in a real sense, you know. I mean, uh cheers. It's a bar in Boston that's run by a former baseball player. There. Make a show out of that.
0: Yep, just run with it, you know. Well, uh, they definitely have that this show definitely <clears throat> has that kind of an air especially with it's not even like a slapstick kind of humor show, which no, a lot of no. 80s, the 80s still had dredges of that going on, but uh, the show is just so zany, which is surprising for the 80s, If unless I'm just incorrect, considering I was born in the late 80s, but it's no. just so off the wall.
1: Well, it, it is. It's, it's definitely different than like, you know, a Cosby show, um, who I, you know we're not really supposed to talk about anymore no more pudding pop jokes it <clears throat> yeah. got
0: weird kids
1: yeah i guess we can't do the cosby show or or any of that stuff because that's just totally tainted now
0: <laughs> um,
1: night court never was uh as far as i know none of the characters or none of the actors or anybody from night They're, court they were smart
0: enough to keep their scandals under wraps like you should
1: yeah yeah well i mean harry anderson
0: he just passed away last year and harry Henderson plays the judge right yeah judge harold t
1: stone the judge who became a judge because the outgoing mayor uh wanted to fill as many slots as possible and harry stone was the only one who answered the telephone that night
0: oh so he's not a judge like judge reinhold is a judge (laughs) yeah he he has not received acting's highest honor oh damn (laughs) No bananas in the tailpipe for this judge, ladies and gents.
1: No, um, and that's actually based on a true story. Uh Reinhold Wiege, which is a real name. Uh he's the, the late Reinhold Wiege. Uh he's the guy who created Night Court. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And uh w- which is actually that ended up being a joke on the show because Dan Fielding um who and we'll talk more about Dan a lot. Uh but Dan Fielding it was eventually uh, a joke in one of the episodes that his real first name was actually Reinhold. Oh my god. So there is a real judge Reinhold? There well, there was there was a you know it was it was oh my god this is so embarrassing that your name is Reinhold and you know they make a joke about it at the very end, and then as soon as they make the joke, they freeze frame and the credit comes up created by Reinhold Wege. Oh my um, God. But um, But no, this one, like I was saying, this is one of the classic sitcoms where, you know, people people who like shows like this, you know, they'll they, you know, you can sit around and go, Okay, it's a courtroom comedy in New York. At night, it's night court, and nothing's ever really all that serious.
0: No, it's 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 all misdemeanor kind of court, and it's just silly little cases that right, come through. Right. But uh, one of the first jokes I noticed by an actor that helped me immediately relate to the show, and let me know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, John Laraquet. Leraquet, Leraquet. That's Dan. Uh, yeah, he yeah, he's the lawyer, but yeah. uh, who also I, directed a lot of episodes. In fact, he
1: directed. No, he didn't direct uh, Earthquake. Earthquake was directed by uh, Jeff Melman, who directed an episode of Community. I love he, that
0: you know that. He's not even looking at his computer right yeah. now, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, Je- Jeff Melman directed
1: um, the episode of Community that, for those of you who are listening who are civilized, people who've watched
0: Community. you know good decent human beings he's poking fun at me right now because i've never seen community and apparently i need to correct my errant ways immediately it's very shameful uh (laughs) he
1: directed the episode of community where um the the multiverse was first introduced the episode where they were waiting deciding who should go and uh open the door for the pizza delivery guy and they kept rolling a diet Um, that's a great story. It's, it's a fantastic episode. So yeah. So, um, you know, there's a connection there. And if he directed that, there's at least a chance he has an association with Rick and Morty, but I haven't found it yet.
0: Well, the reason why I connected with him immediately, I actually recognized John Larroquette from Parks and Recreation. Because he plays Leslie's mother's former love interest from when Leslie's mom was like I eighteen. Didn't know that. Yeah, uh, when there's a Valentine's Day dance when April and Andy are kind of falling for each other and um, all that's going on in the background. The Parks and Recreation gang has a Valentine's Day dance and John Larroquette was the lifeguard that saved Leslie's mom from a riptide at the beach. And it's just this big romantic story. Uh, oh, that's story. really cool. Yeah, it's the first... Uh, the episode's actually called Galentine's <clears throat> Day, but uh, that's where I actually recognized him from because I had never seen Night Court before.
1: Yeah, he's um he he's done a lot of stuff, and he's, you know, a, after Night Court, he sort of flew under the radar. Uh, he was actually offered a spinoff from Night Court.
0: I believe it because he's, he's kind of a rascally scoundrel character on the show especially like with this episode and that's it's a joke that i would have missed as a kid uh getting back to our core concept but hes he's talking to his girlfriend and the episode is obviously labeled earthquake and he's hitting on this woman in the court saying oh i'll make your i'll make the earth move for you (laughs) later and then when he kisses her the earth literally moves because there's an actual earthquake so as a kid you're like oh that's funny but you didn't get the first portion of the joke where he's talking about rocking her world later after night court is over
1: Well, I mean, the whole thing, the whole uh, Dan Fielding character is about primarily about not just sex, but sleazy sex. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, there was uh, the episode uh, New Year's Leave. Oh, yeah. Which Uh,
0: I watched on accident in research for this show.
1: Which is a great episode. It Uh, was. That's got
0: Harold Gould, uh, Dr. Harold Gould. uh, Judge Harold Gould. Everybody's a judge now. Is including he, the is Re- he, so no, <laughs> a Judge Hogan, I'm just making it, I'm throwing back to Judge
1: Reinhold. Um, in that episode, there was one of the great lines, um, it, it, one of the things in that episode is that uh, it's New Year's Eve, and there's a guy who is dressed in the you know the New Year's Eve baby outfit, so he has a top hat and a diaper right. on, and he escapes. And Bull uh, Aristotle Nostradamus Bull Shannon, dear God. Um, that's his
0: racehorse name
1: played by by richard mall who's a a great guy um he asks dan he says where would you be if you know if you were in a diaper where would you be and dan says at home entertaining a few
0: friends that's like a tuesday you can't phase dan with that kind of stupid question Um, but i mean even the kids on this show are kind of dirty because getting back getting to the earthquake episode um you've got the judge hosting a very small portion of a class. These three students who are, I'd say they're like what, yeah. 10, 11 ish? Somewhere. They're hovering yeah. around there. But there's this one kid that the judge bonds with because he's a little rapscallion type and. Uh, this one woman is talking about, oh, i put on my old cheerleaders uniform or something, or but it only goes up to here, and the, this little like ten year old boy looks at her and he's like, I'd give you ten dollars to see you in that uniform. <laughs> yeah, it's... that was the same
1: kid who was trying to look up her skirt with mirrors on his shoes. Yeah,
0: he's a little gangster. He's he's a little, <laughs> yeah. he's
1: got scams. No, I, it, it's there were so many jokes. I, I I can't. They're kind of running together, but I know in one of the episodes I watched. Um, the, the B story is basically about Dan trying to, uh, become a donor at a sperm bank.
0: Oh Lord. Now bear in yeah, mind. That's I mean, neither of the episodes that I watched. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm trying to remember which episode that one was. Cause that, that was an interesting one because it, the, the lady who ran the sperm bank was actually the librarian from the opening scene in Ghostbusters.
0: Oh, and she's burned into your memory as, yeah from your story from the yeah. previous episode yeah. where that scared the hell out of you.
1: And, and she, she's trying to recruit Dan to, uh, to be a sperm donor. And of course, you know, she, you know, she says, have you ever had your sperm tested? And he, you know, he says, what do you mean by a professional? <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> well, there are all sorts of like sort of sleazy jokes like that. Cause even in the earthquake episode with the three kids, they're accompanied by a teacher. And I think my, one of my favorite jokes of this episode was, um a misdemeanor comes into the court because uh of a live sex act that they performed and the little kid the little girl looks at her teacher she's like what's a live sex act and the teacher (laughs) is all embarrassed but she's like well mary we'll discuss that on career day and i was just like good god
1: (laughs) yeah i'm trying to remember what was what was the sex act who were the characters was it uh not the actors but what was there what was the joke there um
0: oh they bring the thing is this person has like a box of quote unquote sex toys <laughs> and right. dan picks it up <laughs> because right. he's been tasked with taking it to evidence and he, he's starting to, like, pick through it. And he's like, oh, an egg beater. When will people learn how to use the right tools? <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. And then sh- no
1: one but a horrible human being would dare to show these things in a courtroom in front of children. And he just
0: reaches in. Like you do. But it gets even better because they uh, Dan and this, uh, the bailiff, I guess she is, Roz? Roz. Roz, okay. Uh well, because there's a stupid bailiff who's basically pre Hodor and pre uh, oh. Yarp. Yeah, yeah, oh. n- yeah, that guy. But uh, regardless, Roz gets stuck on the elevator with two sumo wrestlers and a lawyer, Dan. Yeah, which is just the start of a really bad dad joke. But at one point, with the earthquake happening over and over again, Roz is in the elevator with Dan, who's got the box full of sex toys in his arms, and she goes, "Well." I guess we'll just have to find a way to entertain ourselves. And she looks in the toy box any way we can. <laughs> <laughs> this show is just downright filthy. You know, and it's interesting,
1: The um, uh, what I tell, or what, what I've told people before about Night Court, and this plays pretty seriously into the does it hold up uh, equation. The um, Whenever I first, Decided to go back and watch episodes of I Court. Um, the first couple seasons are they're awful. They're on they're, an
0: Alf sort of level, but you, yeah, you yeah. mentioned that before recording that it, it sort of Seinfelds up a little bit as yeah. it goes on.
1: Well, and and the thing is that the the reason for that is that the in, in the entire cast, um, very few of the actors were were on the show for all nine seasons. Harry Anderson was Bull,
0: was, or Richard Mall was. That always makes sense on an ensemble show, though.
1: Yeah, and it, it took a while to fine tune the show. But the The weird thing is that after uh, the original uh, bailiff, the the sort of foil uh, to to Bull was uh, was Selma. Uh, I don't remember what her character's name. The actress was Selma Diamond.
0: Okay. Um yeah, I didn't see her. I only watched the two episodes though for the well, episode. Well, she
1: she died of lung cancer right after season 2. And Like you do. And and they oh. got a another actress, uh Florence uh Halep, something like that. Okay. Um Flo. Um they replaced Selma with Flo, and after season 3, Florence died of lung cancer. Oh. And it was actually a really big deal. When when Roz came on the show, because Bull and it, it, it was kind of interesting because it was they weren't making it up. I mean, these people had literally died and Bull was like a, a, a dog who had been abused. You know, he was like, what if the next one? What if I become friends with the next one? And she dies, too.
0: Oh, no. You
1: know, <laughs> and that was one of the reasons why they brought on um, Marshall Warfield as Roz because they wanted to just completely get away from that, that you know, the little dainty old lady Yeah, sort from of the typical character. image. Yeah, just and, switch it up a little bit. Sure. Yeah, and they, they went with this tough-as-nails uh, younger uh, bailiff. And Roz, you know, she just, you know, she's one of the characters that made the show. When Roz got there... Yeah, I love Roz. Oh, she's fantastic. Marky Post, I think Marky Post was the... I think she was the third public defender. Also, I think they went through, I think they went through two public defenders before her. Also, okay. And what's weird is when you go back and watch like season one and two, you see them trying to do the love interest story between Harry and the public defender, but you know that that character is not going to be there in a season. Um, so it feels very weird. It feels very tacked on because yeah. you, because you know they're well, they're just doing this because they think they need to do it. Uh, so the show really it wasn't until about the 4th season um that the show became the show as we know it.
0: Yeah, it took a while to gel with yeah. all the moving pieces as it were. Right. Um, so that's that's interesting. The show, like it, sort of talking about that empathetic quality with all of that real story happening behind the fake story. I the show does have kind of a a sweet quality to it. Oh yeah, it's got a heart. It definitely has a heart for sure. Because when they do get trapped on the elevator and like I said, two sumo wrestlers, a bailiff and a lawyer (laughs) get on an elevator. (laughs) But, uh, Dan, who's always like so confident and, you know, quick with his wit, just doesn't care about anything, but he gets on the elevator and he starts freaking out. And at first Roz is treating him like an errant child. Like Dan, shut up. Come on, get over it. And then she absolutely bitch slaps him at one point. But well, we that's get... the
1: thing. Roz sees through Dan's bullshit.
0: Yeah, because they get off the elevator toward the end of the whole escapade, and after the sort of bumbling, fumbling uh, handyman sort of fonzies the elevator art. with the sledgehammer. <laughs> art, art's great.
1: Uh, but <laughs> Cause, he cause, just because whenever something goes well, it's a work of art. <laughs> oh God! Uh, that
0: was great. a Burt Reynolds kind of laugh, right
1: there, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> i watched smoking the bandit this weekend with my son
0: he's and yeah. down oh it's all it's never too soon ladies and gentlemen to teach your kid how to you know run liquor across the border yeah well or beer you know, as the well, case may it, be beer yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey moonshiners we're in georgia man so jerry reed's character from the smoky verse <laughs> oh, <God>. anyway <laughs> uh, uh it's it's delightful
1: good luck what was that when uh family guy whatever stewie uh good what did he say to burt reynolds good luck tapping that hot hot oh that sally uh, that field. hot
0: sally field ass shut up i'm not even
1: happier <laughs> about it than you are it just zooms <laughs> off which is which is so terrible because she's so cute and smoking the band
0: she's i was about to say she was beautiful yeah, that. She was, not that she's not a beautiful lady yeah, now she's yeah that
1: was a weird weird joke for uh you know, for them
0: to do. Yeah, but Seth MacFarlane, what are you gonna do? He's got to make fun of everybody, no matter what. He's an interesting guy. He's a very interesting guy, to say the least. He would have, he would have been great on Night Court. <laughs> you know, he's good friends with Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh's been on Family Guy. Yeah, uh,
1: they're they're. I poli- think more po- than once. Yeah, they're politically. It just, I, I, I love that because it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what your politics are, you can still be friends. Right. You know. Uh, in fact, I think when. Uh, what was he? wrestling uh, Limbaugh had a heart attack and he said the first person to call and check on him was Seth MacFarlane.
0: Aww. And I was like,
1: that's cool. You know? That's sweet. Uh, But anyway, getting back to, uh, to Night Court.
0: Yeah, um, we're actually approaching the end to the first episode that we watched. So the sumo wrestlers make it out alive and uh, Dan does too and Roz has that nice little moment where she was giving him a tough time on the elevator for his claustrophobia and his paranoia, but then... Uh, they're like, wow, Dan. I guess you got everybody through the situation, and Roz is like, yep, Dan really held it together, yeah. and she just sort of taps him on the shoulder and walks away. And that's that, a very sweet moment. Yeah, that's
1: that's a real, um, that is a real, uh, you know, signature aspect of of a good eighty show is that you know they you give
0: each other a hard time like ninety yeah. nine point nine percent of the time, right. but when the rubber hits the road, yeah, you and, know who your friends are,
1: and you can always there was always a difference between the, a show that has a heart and a show that's just schmaltzy, you know, that just, you know, they just layer it, you know, paint some sugar on it, you know, and.
0: Oh yeah. It's yeah. uh, friends actually did a great example of that when, um, the Friends group, Chandler, Phoebe, all the gang is in Monica's living room and they're watching Three's Company and Chandler's being Chandler. And he goes, oh, no, I think this is the episode of Three's Company where there's some sort of misunderstanding. And Phoebe <laughs> takes him literally and goes, oh, well, then I've already seen this one. And she just turns it off. And that that's a perfect example of what you're yeah. talking about, because some of those the, like some of the older shows, it's just like it's just a rearrangement of nonsense every week for a half hour and that's all it is. But yeah, this yeah. show, like you said, it has more substance and heart to it than that. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, you really, it was, it was interesting too, because this show was, you know, this was in the cheers era. It was in the Cosby show era. And you could always sort of tell that the, you know, that the powers that be were trying To push a sort of, you know, Sam and Diane kind of thing.
0: Um, Well, because for whatever reason, production always seems to think that there has to be a love interest to make a show interesting. Right, right. And that's just not so. Yeah. I think
1: Cheers actually was the show that first really did that kind of irritating thing that has been it's been done now a thousand times i mean the ross and rachel
0: thing oh god don't Ro- get me started the- on ross and freaking rachel well
1: Ro- ross and rachel was basically just sam and diane yeah you know just done all over again
0: well and a uh, new girl i think actually makes fun of that in a way because <laughs> uh zoe de chanel's character actually has an on again off again relationship with a, na- a man named sam and he leaves her for a girl named diane <laughs> so i thought that was pretty perfect when is it zoe happened. or Zooey? Is zoe 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 de chanel yeah okay i love her well yeah, yeah back when i had bangs in college people used to tell me you know who you look like and i didn't have cable and i couldn't afford stream i couldn't afford anything back in college but people would look at me when i was a bartender because i had bangs and glasses wait. they're like you look like the chick from new girl and i was just like oh wait when was that show on Show's been on for quite a while. Oh man, God. Well, and then I'm not nearly as old as you are. Yeah, I was
1: about to say. I'd say that's like the episode of Community where Shirley mentioned Sam and Diane. Well, and they did a sort of
0: Parks and Recreation thing with New Girl, just like they did, uh, because Parks and Recreation there was like a three year, there was a significant gap between the second to last and last seasons, and the same thing happened with New Girl. They like jump into the future or something, so it's. Oh, huh, that's interesting. They, yeah, there's kind of a time gap either way.
1: Yeah, but there, there was an episode of Community where Shirley mentions Sam and Diane, and and <laughs> a- Allison Brie looks at uh, Donald Glover. It's like, who
0: are Sam and Diane?
1: <laughs> and, and Shirley's like, "We get it. You're young." Yeah, <laughs> shut up, young
0: people. Well, it's funny because like I grew up watching stuff like Wonder Years, Dick Van Dyke. All in the Nick at Night show. network. Oh, fantastic ah, Dick, shows. Dick Van
1: Dyke, one of the greatest television shows.
0: I I hop around an ottoman in a casual way whenever yeah, I, I can.
1: I know I still do that. If absolutely, I, I, yeah, I will absolutely do the, the Dick Van Dyke thing. You know the, uh that just to show you, okay, the Dick Van Dyke show is separated from Night Court by, you know, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a few decades. I was about to say, I'm not sure where you're going with this, but just to show you. Night Court, you have an episode where a guy is talking about uh, trying to get into a sperm bank um, for a hundred bucks a throw uh, because he can, quote, defile himself into a Porsche by the end of next year. Um, Oh, Jesus. in, In the Dick Van Dyke show, there was a there was a big issue with the fact that they wanted Mary Tyler Moore to wear pants. Yeah, and and the compromise that they worked out, and if you go back and watch, I think they eventually dropped it, but I know in the first few seasons, this is this is the case. At least one scene of every episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show, Mary Tyler Moore has a dress on.
0: Yeah, well, there were all sorts of negotiations like that back in the day. Like, well, on, the two on... bed thing. The two bed thing. Yeah. Uh, how on Isle of Lucy, she wasn't allowed to say the word "pregnant" when she literally was pregnant right. with her and Desi right. Arnez's right. kid. Yeah, uh, they had to say, "Oh, Lucy's having a baby." You know,
1: when the two of them got a divorce, my grandmother cried for like three days. Uh,
0: that was almost equivalent for Elvis dying for yeah. a lot of people yeah. of that generation. Yeah. I mean, it was it was inconceivable that Lucy and Desi could get a divorce.
1: One of the things we talked about, uh, and I don't remember which episode it was, but we talked before, it might have been in the Ghostbusters episode, about New York in the 80s. Yes. Uh, By the way, have you heard the Ghostbusters news? This is an update to a previous episode. This is breaking news.
0: Yep, that they are bringing back the OG cast. It of is, Ghostbusters it, for another yeah, Ghostbusters they, movie, yeah,
1: Ghostbusters three is happening. They uh, Sony got its ass handed to it so bad uh, by the uh, the the Paul Feig remake of Ghostbusters. It was such a failure with the women. Yeah, yeah, it, huge failure. It
0: didn't get
1: a good. Yeah, well, it was a response. Paul Feig, you know, I, I actually like Paul Feig. I feel like I would probably be friends with Paul Feig. But, you know, he he produced um, the, um, oh, God, um, the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale, which ran for two seasons on Netflix until Netflix stupidly canceled that show, which amazes me because that that show had to have cost him about 15 bucks an episode.
0: Um, Which is funny because now uh, Netflix is picking up stuff from the Lifetime Network like you, which is actually a fantastic show, and I recommend watching it, because it... What is it? Uh, It's literally called You. It's got Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl, so I know right out of the starting gate, a lot of you are going to be like, shut the hell up, I don't want to watch this, but it was. it's actually... I was literally
1: just thinking, shut the hell up, I don't want to watch this. Yeah,
0: see? I'm a mind reader. I'm a witch. But yeah, it's. Uh, they're coming out with all sorts of unique material, including the Ted Bundy tapes and... Whatever else, but for whatever reason, they canceled the Joe McHale show. Yeah, so. I, I,
1: and I can only think that there was something going on behind the scenes that got that show
0: canceled. Like, did Paul Feig manage to piss somebody off? Or did Joe McHale do something equivalent to Shark Party, like Anthony Jeselnik? Who I, knows?
1: I, I don't know. Joe McHale, he strikes me as not the sort of person to... He's, you know, he's a he's a smart guy. He, he, he you know, I don't think he's going to, you know, do something terrible to wreck his career. I know Paul Feig... Um, maybe he, he threw the shark party. It, well, <laughs> Paul Feig, uh, I know, uh, Dan Aykroyd said that he would, what was it Dan Aykroyd said? Like they, you know, Paul Feig would not be welcome at Sony
0: again. Oh my.
1: Because I'm when, not aware
0: of this beef at all.
1: Yeah, because when they made the uh, the the Ghostbusters movie, um the 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 new one, the the reboot, reimagination, the reimaginactment.
0: I was just about to say that <laughs> Electric Love. <laughs> the greatest song. I watched that episode yesterday. <laughs> I watched that show every day of the week. It's amazing.
1: Um, no, but uh they had apparently told him that they wanted to uh they said, You're gonna need to film this, 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 and this, and he said, No. Uh, I don't want to, and then they ended up having to go back and do reshoots and cost them a bunch of money <laughs> and etc. etc. But happens. no. But the news is that apparently um, Ivan Reitman, who directed Ghostbusters, uh, the OG version, yeah, the yeah the the movie Ghostbusters, um, his son Jason Reitman will be directing Ghostbusters three. Oh. Ivan Reitman will be the executive producer. Okay, uh, and I. Th- I think Ivan Reitman is, either, I think he's co-writing the script, um, or co-written, because I, I think the script's already written.
0: Really? Because I think we should venture back and do the original Dan Aykroyd version, where he's traveling through time and space oh, with a Harry Potter-style wand and just I,
1: I would pay creaming m- some I, monsters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would pay money to see that. Yeah,
0: that needs to happen.
1: But what I was saying, how this ties into Night Court, is that whenever I talk about New York in the 80s... Ah, yes. There is no greater example of what New York in the '80s was than Night Court, because I mean, if you just watch the opening credits with that fantastic music, I mean, the 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 it's uh, so '80s it hurts. I I absolutely, um, I I, I adore the uh, the music, um, the the opening theme. Should I play it, or will we get sued? Um. Yeah uh, no i think we're
0: yeah well i mean uh,
1: this is for educational purposes we're
0: not sure about the licensing so just shh don't tell anybody yeah don't don't tell NBC. but so you love the theme song hey which NBC. I'm
1: up. if you have any uh problems with us i suggest you keep it to yourself otherwise i'm going to tell everybody about mr cosby
0: what all right so night court theme song There was... Before you do that... Snap your
1: W-2 and file... Oh, my God. How humiliating.
0: Well, now I'm playing an ad on accident. Oh, and then it pulled up and I exited out. So what did you want to say?
1: You know, technology is very difficult for some people, folks. Um, You just have to be patient.
0: There's a reason why I'm the writer on on the (laughs) podcast and not the tech person.
1: To give you an idea of how big Bill Cosby was, there was an episode of Night Court... um, (laughs) Where Brandon Tartikoff, who was the, the, the head of NBC at the time.
0: Oh, yeah, that was on the episode that we're watching right now. Okay, yeah.
1: so so Brandon Tartikoff shows up and he, he is, he's playing Brandon Tartikoff. He's playing the head yeah, of he NBC. Yeah, he appears as himself. Yeah.
0: I actually had to look that up.
1: Yeah, and the, there's a part where he's going off about how powerful he is and how he's, you know, he's the head of NBC and this and that. And uh, Mac uh answers a phone call and says Mr. Tartakov there's a Mr. Cosby on the phone for you Yeah I actually wrote this down <laughs> cuz the talk. joke
0: about the sandwiches Yeah oh
1: my god the sandwiches
0: <laughs> I forgot to get him his sandwiches and something about sucking on puddin' pops <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the exact joke but yeah With Cosby the kids was in
1: pudding pops Theo <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right so here's the night court theme It's so sad that it... man was so funny <sighs> Oh, God.
1: And she stood up in the delivery room and told everybody that my parents were never
0: married. (laughs) Let's get the horrible taste of that moment out of our mouth, listeners, and here is the night court theme. All right, we're not going through the entire thing. but yeah, that, an, that was just a nice little taste. But though. if that
1: doesn't bring back memories for you, you're obviously not an '80s kid. And you're, um,
0: yeah, you're just not a cranky old man like Jason, which is fine. You but, know, um, <laughs> you know,
1: what's, and it was weird for years. I thought, uh, um, I thought that theme was written by um, Mike Post, uh, who Mike Post, Mike Post, who wrote. <laughs> he, he wrote every single theme.
0: You gotta be you gotta be a little more clear for some of our listeners who may not be as big of a geek as you are. (laughs) What everybody knows, Mike Post. Come on, Poster. I barely even know her. Come on, you know who Mike Post is, right? I'm sure I do. He did by name. He
1: did. uh, I mean, he did everything. He did the A Team. Uh, He did. He did the entire A Team. Yeah, he (laughs) he did. He did everyone. He did B A twice. Oh God. (laughs) I would. Well, I pity the fool.
0: <laughs> B.A. Uh, oh,
1: we should do the A-Team. That's a great show.
0: I don't want to do the A-Team. I don't need sloppy seconds. But um, Well, George
1: Pappard's dead, but it, come on, face man.
0: I'm not Ted Bundy, and I'm not into necrophilia, so maybe maybe face. Okay. I'd sleep with face. Everybody would.
1: You, yeah. know, you know you
0: would. <laughs> oh, anyway, <laughs> and if, and if speaking George... <laughs> of sleeping with people... This episode, the second episode of Night Court that we actually got into, (laughs) is called "A Day in the Life," and what's really funny is that it's kind of got this Rick and Morty, Morty's mind blower slash interdimensional cable to it, because it's literally an episode where the judge has to get through two hundred, yeah, two hundred cases, two hundred misdemeanor cases in a night, and classic,
1: classic sitcom, classic
0: log jam, yeah, uh, because the whole concept of it is that they have to. Uh, convict all of these misdemeanors by the end of the night, or else all of their charges will be dismissed at midnight. And they are right, about 200 right. cases, and the judge is like, well, even on a good night, we all we get through is 80, and yeah, yeah. there's there's the conflict. But speaking of sleeping with people, not face from the A-team, but this woman, an ex of Dan's, maybe you can shed some light on the situation? Uh, y-
1: yeah, basically, Dan,
0: it, it's, it's a classic night court scenario where... Dan Um, wants to be sexy and gross with somebody, yeah. (laughs) but he's got to do his damn job. if,
1: If he doesn't get done by midnight, he won't be able to have a quickie with, um, with a woman with fantastic hair. Her name is Sheila. Sheila. Um, so, I love that you said fantastic hair oh, and not just, something else. Though. It's just fan. I mean, that the 80s, hair. it's some seriously the, yeah, 80s, hair. The 80s hair. It's I mean, just
0: this shy of flock of seagulls. Yeah. It's it's magnificent. Well, I mean,
1: I mean, Marky Post, you know, Marky Post is a very, very, very pretty woman. And you watch the show, and it's like if you look past the hair in the wardrobe, you yeah. can see how pretty she is. The
0: shoulder pads alone,
1: and I swear. She The clothes that she wears, like every jacket she wears, I had an old relative who had a couch that <laughs> was made out of the exact same fabric.
0: Oh, yeah. They had to recycle that stuff back in the 80s. Yeah. Before. But that was, you know, I mean, <laughs>
1: you know, that that is definitely, I'm okay with nostalgia fashion. You know, if, if somebody wants to dress like it's the 40s or the 50s or the 60s, even... Kind of the 70s. I'm okay with it. You can do that tongue in cheek. Please, dear God, don't ever let the 80s fashion. No, we don't need that. Women
0: don't need boxy shoulders. It's okay. We don't need to look like football players. It's cool. Yeah.
1: Hairspray, bad.
0: Hairspray is yeah. fine in moderation, ladies, in moderation, well, ladies, okay. in moderation. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The, but uh, including the guys, because the flock of seagulls haircut doesn't need to make a, a recurrence. But Dan has a typical, you know, Dan line in the beginning where he and Sheila are sort of bantering about about sleeping together. And uh, the Sheila is moving, and that's why he's on a deadline to sleep with her because she's got to catch a flight. Blah blah blah. She goes, "I have a new position," and Dan <laughs> goes. He responds with, "Well, will it involve a loss of consciousness?" <laughs> like it's just, it's yeah. so down and dirty. This well, show. I
1: mean, there was actually an episode of Night Court where Dan Dan had to have s- surgery. In fact, I think it was like the episode. It was a two parter. I think it was called Dan's Surgery. Um, oh. No. <laughs> That's a, and, yeah, that's deep. And the whole the whole gist of the episode of the second part is that the doctor tells him, you know, you're gonna be okay, but if you do anything strenuous, uh, it could kill you. Like sex. <laughs> so, so he so he bangs some woman and ends up in a coma. Like you do. And it's just how would my parents let me watch this? God. You know, it's, uh, cause you know, this was, Night Court really was sort of the community of its day. Um, because the thing about a show like community is that it's a sitcom, but it's, it's Dan Harmon. It's very obviously not going to follow the normal sitcom rules. You know, it's, it's going to do stuff where like, um,
0: yeah, Dan Harmon is fantastic with writing, oh, yeah. <laughs> autistic or autistic spectrum characters. Well, you know, Rick Sanchez is essentially a lizard.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that is true. I mean, it, it's there are certain shows, and there there are certain um, certain writers and showrunners uh, who really just um, they kind of break the rules pretty much every chance they get. And if they do it right, um, then... um, The results
0: are absolutely miraculous. Right.
1: There's a guy named Graham Lennon. uh, And I say Lennon. It's spelled L-I-N-E-H-A-N. And he's the guy who... He's made some of the best TV shows in the history of television. He did Father Ted, The IT Crowd, Black Books. um, Oh, Black Books. But his whole thing is he, he... You know, he breaks the rules in his sitcoms. Okay. Like he... One of the things he refuses to do is have a first episode. He'll never have an episode where it's the episode where
0: Pilot, let's introduce everyone. Yeah, like let's make it boxy and awkward. Yeah. Right, it's like, just Oh, hey, you just
1: got hired today or hey, you you know, you're just moving into the neighborhood. Every it's episode, not
0: expositional yeah. in, right. in that sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It begins with the characters already fully developed, you mm-hmm. know. So makes sense. You know, Night Court is sort of like that, and I think it's one of the reasons. Seinfeld, great example of a show that breaks every rule in the sitcom
0: narrative. That's why they're at the top of our spectrum.
1: Yeah, and it kind of uh, maybe is a message to people who make TV shows, um, you know, don't play it safe. Do something kind of, you know, loose with the rules. You know? Yeah,
0: if, find your voice a little bit later if that's what happens. But yeah, yeah. You can always firm up the rules, but starting loose is always, honestly, the safest option because right. then you can take the response and actually yeah. go in whatever direction is best for the show overall.
1: Well, and you have to think if people like, okay, like Dan Harmon. Okay, so Dan Harmon makes Community. Um, one of my all-time favorite shows, I I... I Absolutely love the show. Um,
0: Community's great. We get it, Jason. Yes. Move on.
1: <laughs> if Hey, the people out there know what I'm talking about. get it. Um, but it struggles. It gets canceled. It gets repicked up. It gets canceled. It's a whole big thing. Well, where does he end up? He ends up at Rick and Morty. Right. And it's like Dan Harmon sort of evolved into... You know, or his work evolved into Rick and Morty, which is going to last for, like, a thousand seasons.
0: Oh, yeah, especially since it just got one of the craziest renewal deals in yeah. recent history for seven seasons yeah. in one deal.
1: Yeah, which, you know, it it deserves it. Rick and Morty is a—it's, it, you know, it's a great show, you know. And
0: well, speaking of fantastic cartoons, uh, Night Court, I was very impressed that we actually— switched over to the episode day in life because originally we were watching another episode, but we switched to this one. And I discovered in the episode day in life that a Bob's burgers ploy was predicted by night court. Really? Oh yes. Because Bob's burgers, one of the, also Bob's burgers, the most I, fantastic animated series of all time. I, let, all me, right.
1: let me ask you this. Is Bob's burgers the best show
0: on television today? I say it is. Well, in comparison, we can get into this debate later. You know, when our listeners can tweet at us about it. But yes, I would say that this episode of Night Court predicted part of Bob's Burgers because later in the episode of Night Court, when they're trying to get through all of these misdemeanors, one of them is an 80-year-old woman who is whoring herself out in an old folks' home. Yes. And all I could think of when I saw that is elderly prostitute! <laughs> so that I, <laughs> that I wonder was... if that's even a nod to Night Court See, from it, that episode of Bob's Burgers. And
1: that joke right there, the whole joke with the old prostitute, where she calls the character witnesses and all all the old men rolling they're in, in wheelchairs. wheelchairs yeah. And he asks the doctor, he says, doctor, you know, were these men this happy before? No, he, he says, no, but they could walk.
0: Yep. <laughs> and at one point they're like, wait a minute. So is she trading money for these services? And she, it, they're like, sometimes she does it for pudding. pudding. <laughs> and that like, they, they do a call back to that at the end of the episode because, and Dan has a great sleazy moment paired with this because he hears that the woman's, you know, trading herself for pudding and he does unfortunately miss out on hooking up with Sheila because mm-hmm. she falls for one of the the weird criminals who comes through the court. She's like, oh, this one guy, uh, she falls for a guy who, quote unquote, takes his time because he takes about a month That's to a, get a sentence out of his mouth yes. because they finally I... hit the deadline. They're on the that final. Was emo. That was an emo, uh, uh,
1: Phillips, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Hang on, I got to look that
0: up. Do it. But um they're on it's like the second to last or the very last case of the night and they're about to hit the record for most cases in one evening and it's great, but then they get this guy who can't talk. Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. And it's just driving them crazy cuz they've got 2 minutes left in the night. So You think that that guy goes off. No, it was was an emo. Oh, we're so disappointed. I'm going to back off that ledge now. But um, so anyway, Sheila ends up ditching Dan and she goes, no, I'd prefer a man who takes his time. And she winds (laughs) up with the guy who can't speak to save his life. And Dan is just like, well, I've got to get laid somehow. And... Uh, there's this kid going around with, like, boxes and taking orders and stuff for sandwiches and dinner and such, and he looks at Dan, and he's like, hey, did I get your dinner order? And Dan's like, give me all the pudding you have. (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently he's just that desperate. Yeah, I just realized,
1: I knew she looked familiar. The elderly Uh, prostitute? No, no, Sheila. Sheila was, uh, she was in Spaceballs. She was oh, really? uh, Yeah, she was um um she was one of the uh one of President uh, Scroob's um she was the hottie, you know. Well, she wasn't one of the twins, but she was she was the one who um talked about Scotty Oh god. Snotty beaming her all night. Oh my god,
0: that's <laughs> magnificent. That's her, yeah. I I love it. And she's almost like the the Ethel Beavers of this show from Parks and Recreation where she's just the old pervy lady. It's great. She's been a lot.
1: She was in three episodes of Deep Space Nine. I I, I tell you, it's it's so fascinating when you look at some of these actors who you see them for a brief moment or one episode of a TV series.
0: But they're so memorable and you're like, I know I've seen that person before. And you
1: look and you realize this person's got
0: 40 or 50 credits on IMDb. Oh, big, they're they're almost like an even like
1: I don't think uh, they do that anymore I don't think that actors I don't think you see the same actor showing up in 10 or 15 current TV shows anymore.
0: not in the same fashion but actor like big time actors are starting to reverse that they're flipping the script and say uh, for instance I can give you a specific Matt Damon who has Ma- been gaming has been a blockbuster actor for you know a... ugh, shut up <laughs> uh the point is that he's a star is that agreed upon yes. he when yes. he's in a movie he's the star of the movie so
1: oh she was in the next generation also sorry
0: anyway sorry, that being said matt damon is usually the star of his films however the older he's gotten the more chill he is for instance that's a great way to start is with uh uh what Team America where he was yeah you know all he could say was his own name <laughs> they interviewed him about that and they interviewed Sean Penn because Sean Penn was also kind of poorly represented in that movie a and bit, a bit when they when they interviewed Sean Penn about it he said oh this movie's Amara a moron cinema history and it's complete crap and they looked at Matt Damon who went to Yale for three years and yeah. they were like how do you feel about this and he goes I've, I've, I think I've, it's freaking hilarious I've known so, people
1: who went to Yale well not, not impressive
0: well he's good while hunting so he lives yeah. up to the hype yeah. but no but he's doing a reverse role of that where as a as opposed to being known for all of these tiny little bit parts that culminate into one big thing right he is like i said star of his own movies but he's starting to do little bit parts in movies on his own he was in deadpool 2 he was one of the two rednecks oh, sitting yeah, in the back uh, of the truck with, with uh, uh nathan Fillion. Not Was Nathan it? Fillion. Um, oh Wash. no, uh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk They're yeah. both the pot bellied rednecks sitting in the back of the truck, and Deadpool like punches them out or something. But big stars are starting to take little roles like that because they they'll make ten grand a pop for a tiny little appearance. and well, yeah, it just makes sense.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, and you know, many people have said this, and I agree with it. You know, we are in a golden age of television.
0: Television, oh, big time. Uh,
1: Television today. Uh, I just saw that Richard Gere is in a new BBC show. Okay. You know, and it's, you know, you think about it, I mean, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you, you, there's no way you would have gotten Richard Gere to be in a television, you know, and now it's it's a BBC program, it's a limited, you know, 8, 10, whatever episode. It's a know.
0: specific amount, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the ladies at, uh, there's a podcast out there called uh, Gilmore Guys, and they had... I think two of the producer or casting ladies on who were talking about how when Gilmore Girls was in its heyday, when they were casting the kind of hunky boys or love interests of Lorelai and Rory, it was impossible to get your Jeffrey Dean Morgans, like your your guys who were just you know, in movies. But then actors have completely switched their tone because television allows them not just to have a family, but to stay with your family for a pro- prolonged period of time yeah, and so yeah. on and so on and so forth. Well, so and, now and all the... these actors are just committing to television shows that give them careers for five-plus years minimum if the show yeah. is halfway decent.
1: Well, you look at somebody like David Tennant. David Tennant is... Oh, God. David, is, I love you too. Look, he he is an extremely accomplished actor. He's, he's played... Uh,
0: Hamlet on stage. He's he's played, he's, 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 he's magnificent. Hamlet.
1: He's he was in um, Much Ado About Nothing with Catherine
0: Tate. Um, you know, th- is this a Bovary face? Yeah, yeah. My liege, my liege, <laughs> my liege, my <laughs> liege. You're welcome, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice little deep cut for you. But
1: when was the last movie that you saw David Tennant in?
0: I haven't. Uh, I don't think I, was, I have either. He was on Jessica Jones. He was on Jessica Jones. He He's a been in
1: Broadchurch um, yeah. the first season. Broadchurch yeah. is definitely, no, it's funny, you watch the first season of Broadchurch and you are totally in the golden age of television and then they kept making it and they need to learn, stop making shows. when they're When you hit that moment where it's over and it's good, just walk away as Alton
0: Brown would say. Drop the <laughs> mic. Yeah, just walk away. Spray, delay, it's, it's and walk open. away. Yeah. Um like you even know what I'm talking about. I at have this not point. a clue about. <laughs> for what all you're... of my queer eye fans out there. But yeah, no, it, things have definitely switched like even from the time where It's like you said, people are, they have to change the script every so often. So like with a show like Night Court where it's not about a central love story to through the nineties where that was kind of the theme and now movies are not the draw that they once were because movie theaters have even had to change how they do things like serving liquor and whatever else to attract people to come. It's
1: not fun. And that's, that's the thing. People, you know, um, the New Year's leave episode of Night Court, um, at the very end of the episode, they're watching the the ball drop mm-hmm. in Times Square, and you look at the tiny little crappy television that they're watching it on, and they one of the jokes they actually make is that, boy, these new TVs really bring out the flesh tones. <laughs> but yeah, back then, movie theaters made sense. Today, I, I saw an IMAX movie in 3D, and about 15 minutes into
0: it, I... Wanted. my hd is superior to this <laughs> yeah it was
1: like this i could what why am i watching this on a super big i don't need to i don't need to see this you yeah know? um I, I could watch it at home and it's kind of an interesting thing because you know television and i was talking to a good friend of mine about this whenever i was first you know at the point where i had money my own money and i could i could I could piss it away on things without asking my parents about it. One of the things was, okay, uh, home theater. And hookers. Not where I was.
0: <laughs> oh, you weren't in New York in the 80s? No, I wasn't, my, in, my bad. No, I wasn't
1: in New York in the 80s. I apologize. Um, Dan Fielding could have done a whole tour, you know. Oh, Lord. That would have been great. Um, that was the pre-Giuliani uh, New York. New York is actually getting a lot more like that now. New York today is a lot closer to New York in the 80s than it was.
0: Giuliani's not there anymore to to police the streets like John Wayne.
1: Um, But whenever I was, uh, you know, I was able to spend money, it was a question of the home theater. You know, you wanted wanted that surround sound.
0: You wanted the experience of being at the theater without having to go to the theater. Right,
1: and now I watch most, probably half of the things I watch, I watch on an iPhone.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, that's a huge thing, too, because the screens are so much better, the technology has right. completely changed, and it. I remember uh, the last television I got, It's it takes up a quarter of our living room in our apartment. Right. And I told Josh, I was like, so we can just wait for things to come available on streaming, and we don't have to interact with a ton of right. other people. Well, even Meg, uh, a former guest on our show, you'll remember her from our Hercules episode, she and I received gift cards from... uh a fellow manager of ours at work and she said, You know, I could go to the restaurant and I could go to the movie theater. Or I could order the food on DoorDash and rent the movie on yeah. Fandango at home. Honestly <laughs> it just Yeah. By it, the time you can avoid the crowd, the hassle Well, it's it there's
1: it, it is kind of sad because there's a certain experience that comes from scarcity. Um like Night Court's a perfect example of this. I mean, I remember as a kid, um, you wanted to get your homework done before seven o'clock. I I grew up because those are that when that's when your shows that's, came. That's when prime time yeah. started. Yeah, that, well, I, I grew up in the central time zone, so it was seven o'clock. Weirdo. Yeah. Well, which was great though, because when I was a kid, the shows started at seven o'clock. Like my wife, it, it's so fascinating. When I was a kid, I watched. As a kid, I watched the Tonight Show. But my wife grew up in the Eastern time zone. When it was too late to stay up for the... It was too late for her to stay up and watch The Tonight Show.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why they even tell... uh, I was listening to the Jeselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project, J.R.V.P., and uh, Anthony Jeselnik was saying something to the extent that his advisors or whoever he pays to tell him stuff about social media said, the best time to post something is during convenient times for Eastern Standard. Yeah. And... So that it yeah. goes right into what you're saying because it just it changes for everyone. Oh, he yeah. was like, "But wait a minute!" Yeah. I, he was like, "No, that means I have to be up at five in the morning to tweet something, and yeah. I'm just not going to do that." No. But when it came to nighttime, it's more convenient yeah. because the better shows come right. on later.
1: I mean, when I was a kid, and this is the whole the whole TV experience. I mean, in the '80s, you wanted to go see a movie in the movie theater because it genuinely. Was a vastly superior experience. To oh, one hundred percent,
0: and it only cost eight dollars, right? As opposed to the exactly. eighteen dollars per exactly. ticket that yeah. it costs now. Yeah, and as a kid, you know, you'd go in there and, you know, you
1: you'd get maybe a popcorn and a coke, and you'd still come out spending like fifteen bucks. Yeah, you know, tops. Um, but TV, you know, before DVRs.
0: You only had one TV in your house that you had to share with the rest of your family. And you had one shot at watching that show. And if your parents didn't
1: want to watch it, you were hosed. Yeah, that's it. So there you go. Yeah. And so, I mean, like as a kid, I remember, and it was, again, you know, Central Time Zone was cool because, um, you know, shows that came on at 10 o'clock for everybody in the Eastern Time Zone, like Quantum Leap, one of my favorite shows as a kid you changed the channel and now i'll never know when you You know leapt. where he left
0: <laughs> in case you haven't noticed we freaking love bob's burgers yeah i'll
1: post a picture of my uh my recent uh, uh I, I collect fine art
0: and uh <laughs> all your little bob's burgers family collection bob's burgers. stands I, near his television in his office it's fifteen
1: dollars on amazon folks <laughs> You can have the whole family.
0: He's not selling them. He's just telling you where to find them. I do wish,
1: though, because I did get the Bob's Burgers um, uh, figures. But the one thing I wish is that it had Teddy. <sighs> I love Teddy. I,
0: I wished my radio worked. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy's amazing. I
1: would be friends with Teddy. You know, I I, I would hang out with him and tell him. You're an
0: all right guy, but you'd be would you be best friends with him because Bob doesn't even want to be He's best your best friends with friend <laughs> best friends till the very end. <laughs> he holds your penis
1: when you have that thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, he helps you pee when you have that thing. Yeah. Uh, a guy pulls a knife friend. and you jump in front. Wait what? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to cut all of this. Nah, um, <laughs> but so you were saying the whole different experience of yeah, being experience, home versus yeah. movie. No, but you said it had to do with night court. Why?
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, night court was you know is what it was part of a block. You know, people today. I forget, don't forget forget the primetime yeah, block. I yeah. don't think there's even a concept of a block anymore. Where. You would start off watching Night Court, and then Cheers, and then yep. Wings, and then Seinfeld, and then you'd finish it off with an hour of ER.
0: Yeah, it was the same concept with, um...
1: George Clooney's old, man.
0: <laughs> he got his start on Roseanne. Yeah, he's old, he's for a, sure. He's an old dude. Booker on Roseanne. Yeah. With the Jerry Curl Uncle Jesse hair before Uncle Jesse was ever a thing. That's right. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, look it up. Uncle Jesse. Uh, <laughs> Cut it out. I know that wasn't him. <laughs> no, I was about that to was say. In, that was Dave Coulier. I, I was know. about to say, that's not Uncle did Jesse's catchphrase. Did you verse. ever watch Dave Coulier's? Have mercy. That's Uncle Jesse. You know, he had a
1: show, uh, a Canadian skit show. Oh, God. I'm and and like i sorry,
0: listeners. No, it's so weird
1: because I've seen, I they played it on Nickelodeon when I was a kid, but no one I know remembers this show. It was called Out of Control, starring Dave Coulier. It was where he, that was the show where Cut It Out was born.
0: Was on I remember the show. catchphrase. I don't remember yeah. the show. Nobody does. Nobody does. Except for Jason, because he's ancient. So no, but,
1: but what I'm seeing is people my age don't remember it. Really? Yeah, it's the weird. I've talked to people. It was on Nickelodeon. They played it like every day on Nickelodeon. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: But, okay, so what what does the block concept have to do with going to the movies and the different experience? Well, it's a part of the, it's one of those experiences. Where it's almost like a group matinee where it's like two for one, but if you tune in at the right time as opposed. Well, well,
1: it's it's one of those experiences that relates to TVs and movies that just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Like going to the movies. I mean, who goes to the movie theater anymore? I mean, how many movies did you see in the theater last year?
0: Yeah, that it's a fair point cuz like when you said with the block stuff it comes down to uh even Must with, see TV. Yeah, so with Nick at Night it used to be uh, like the wonder years and then we move on to Dick Van Dyke and Mary right. Tyler Moore. And what really twisted me up is that a show that was popular when I was in high school, known as That 70s Show, is now on Nick at frickin' night. And it makes me want (laughs) to burn my TV and throw it off my balcony. Yeah. You're not young. Yeah. Welcome to being old. At least I'm not as old as you. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: you never will be.
0: But now Hyde is wanted on sexual allegations. What? Hyde from... That seventy show. Oh, he was know that. Yeah, he was accused of rape. It, it was a big deal. Um, oh, that's why they kicked him off uh, the ranch show with Ashton Kutcher. They didn't <laughs> renew his contract. Which I and mean, Hyde was my favorite throughout the entire. Like it, I was so upset, I but mean,
1: be, being kicked off an Ashton a- Ashton Kutcher project is there any greater shame that mm, a human can experience? I'm not sure. But But that show had Sam I've never seen the ranch
0: but that, uh, Sam Elliott's on that, isn't he? Sam Elliott is on it. He's the dad and Ashton Kutcher is like the the Hollywood son. He went off and See, and that, that that's or, like I don't know that he's Hollywood, but he went off and he was like a fancy football player or it was Garden State basically. He came back because he had to. <laughs> in, in the Star
1: Wars universe, there's this concept that Yoda went to Dagobah because Yoda was so full of the light side of the force that in order to hide he had to go to dagobah which was pure dark side and they would cancel each other out
0: and he would be effectively invisible that makes sense that's he, basically so dagobah was that's basi- the rick that, to yoda's uh, no dagobah was the morty to yoda's rick yeah is what you're
1: telling me well that's basically the ranch as far as if you take the force and replace it with cool
0: the force being sam elliot obviously Be, because
1: obviously you've literally got a show where sam elliot one of the coolest human beings ever and ashton kutcher and they totally cancel each other out and it's like the show doesn't even exist
0: well and sam elliot was on justified and parks and recreation just like john larroquette because apparently this is a show about night court <laughs> which we can't stay on topic with but you this know this is on topic well, I think part of the reason is that we're drinking such delicious beers that we get distracted. You know, our favorite beers from Variants, like the Raspberry Lemon Goza, and what are you drinking there, Jason? The same beer as same, always.
1: Same beer as always. I love this. This is the Norcross Street IPA. That's right.
0: Our favorite beers from Roswell, downtown Roswell.
1: And let's say this beer that I'm drinking came out and was bottled on the twenty-sixth of January. So this was this was in a keg. Or in a, uh, uh, a tank.
0: About five days about ago. five days ago.
1: Yeah, That is... It's very fresh. And you can taste it. Variant makes some of the best beers, and I love it. It's a local business. It's family-owned. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's family-owned. Um, My friends, the Curlings, own it. Yep. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I know, obviously, you know, look, we're in the podcast world, so... You know, we're not talking to people who live in the same area as us. We get that. But if you ever are, for some reason, um, in the Georgia area, north of Atlanta, south of Tennessee. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that general go, neighborhood. Go,
1: you know, if you like beer, go check out these people. Variant Brewing. And, you know, I was actually at a restaurant. Um, there's a restaurant called... You were a restaurant? Yes, I was, but that's a whole other story. Oh, I see. Um, no, I was at a restaurant. Uh, fui un restaurante. Co- Coalition. Yes is a restaurant here in Alpharetta. Fantastic restaurant. One of the best restaurants in Alpharetta. Um, and uh, I, w- I had uh variant there. And it was the first time I had actually been able to order it at a restaurant. And I made sure to tell the manager, I said, you know, the problem is you don't have enough
0: of it. You Take only, note, yeah. I ordered this because it's from Variant. Yeah, you need to get two or
1: three more of their beers, get it on your menu.
0: Pronto. You know. Well, they've, they're they actually pretty uh, ubiquitous in the Roswell area that a lot of restaurants are starting to serve their beers. Really? See, that was the first time I'd encountered it. at a, I Well, you were in Alpharetta. Well, why would I go to Roswell? I live in Alpharetta. Because Variant's in Roswell. So I know. I know. <laughs> but yes, we are enjoying some of our favorite beers from Variant. So hello, Matt and Lauren Curling. Thank you for uh, the deliciousness. I looked up something in Roswell the other day. Um, Do tell and And it doesn't have anything to do with aliens because we're not in New Mexico. No,
1: no, 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 oh, damn it, no, no, this is the funny thing. There was a story about Roswell, New Mexico, uh, and it was it had something to do with the uh, alleged crash that happened, blah, blah, blah. But the picture that they had, somebody who whoever wrote this article on whatever blog had just evidently gone to Google Images and typed Roswell. And the picture they got, was the exit sign for the Roswell that said Roswell and Dahlonega, and that D'Loniga?
0: was Dahlonega?
1: Is that what it is? Yeah. God, I've been saying
0: he's from Louisiana, so let's go ahead and give him a break. But yes, it's Dahlonega, Georgia. Dahlonega? Yes, no, they sir. should. They
1: totally should pronounce it the way I. It's do.
0: not Talladega.
1: It's Dahlonega. Dahlonega. <laughs> Is coming pronounced just straight up coming? Am I right about that? Yes, it is. Coming, Georgia. Coming, Georgia. C U M
0: M I N G, Georgia. Unfortunately, yes. Right. I don't think they thought too hard into that they one. They
1: really, really didn't think that one through. No. You know? Sort of like the. Well, no. <laughs>
0: We're going to have to cut like half of the show. Now, well, we haven't offended. Um, well, we just offended coming. Oh, uh, come on. Like we're the first people to say that. Probably not. Yeah, we haven't offended any n- nations this evening. No, we have
1: we haven't offended any races, nationalities, um creeds, colors.
0: Except uh, maybe sumo wrestlers, but that was Night Courts doing, not us. Yeah, no, we didn't do that though. We didn't. No, we didn't. And,
1: and to be fair, we actually said that was a little campy and
0: it was prob- a little yeah, that, yeah, that was ridiculous. A the top, you know. But okay, so let's get back on topic. Um once again, shout out to Variant. Thank you for all the lovely distractions while we try to record. We love it. But so, Jason, let me ask you why did you pick Night Court? What is it about this show that, you know, makes you flash back and think that's the show?
1: Well, you know, looking back at the 80s, looking back at the, the sitcoms, well, not even sitcoms, just television programs from the 80s, um, there are shows that stand up that, that hold up. You know, there are shows. Unlike like- Elf. Well, yeah. Unlike Alf, <laughs> um, unsolved mysteries um, stands up. Um, Quantum Leap, I don't know. I really hope it does, but you'll I'm, never know where he lived. I'm ter- <laughs> I'm terrified to find out if it holds. I wouldn't up. either. <laughs> um, but Night Court was one of those shows that I wanted to take the risk on to see. You know, when I was a kid, it sounds silly. And, and I freely admit that this sounds silly, but my mom, uh, Thursday night, I think that was when Nightcore came on, that was one of the nights where, when, you know, because we had like a meal, you know, we knew what our meals were, our dinners were going to be kind of during the week. Based on the night, yeah. Yeah. Meatloaf and, night, pizza yeah, night, yeah. And I remember like a thousand times as a kid having a, 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 a chicken breast with, uh, velveta shells and cheese.
0: Classic <laughs> <Sitting>, as shit. <laughs> sitting
1: uh, sitting at the little island in our kitchen, watching the tiny ass little TV
0: that was on top of our refrigerator because they used to be about five by five children. Yeah, those tiny little TVs. I yeah, and it, those. it
1: probably weighs as much as the sixty-five inch TV I have today, oh, yeah. which probably also cost about half as much.
0: Um, That's why you held on to a television for 12 years back in the day, because it was worth that kind of money.
1: My mom still has that TV,
0: still on top of the refrigerator. That's magnificent. Tell her to text me a picture of it. I need to see it.
1: (laughs) But I remember as a kid, sitting and watching Night Court, eating that meal. And it's so funny, because as as a kid from the 80s, you know, you watch the Goldbergs. People who didn't grow up in the 80s don't get what TV and movies meant to us.
0: It was, it was a part of our life. Oh, even in the early nineties, like that was, yeah, that was how I got exposed to star Wars properly because yeah, it might be on the television, but you had to know when it was playing based from, you know, what the TV guide told you so on and so on and so forth. Otherwise you were going to miss three quarters of it or whatever. And you just catch when Luke right. Right. Loses his hand at the end of, yeah. Um, Empire, but you go to the movie and you get to experience the entire thing in color, no yep. less. Because sometimes, you know, the the TVs that your parents you held onto were still black have, and white. Yeah, you didn't have to worry about vertical hold and uh, and uh, the dial. Because yes. the youngest kid in the room had yeah. to get up and change the dial. There was no remote to some of these old ass televisions that we had in our houses back in the day.
1: But but it, it, it's really hard to overstate the importance. And and I don't know why. I genuinely don't. I don't know why it is for this generation, for my generation, why it was so uh, significant. I uh, there's a um, a web there's a blog that I read every day called the war zone it's over at thedrive.com. drive.com and uh, Tyler Rogueway um, I hope I'm saying his name right um, he's he's the the sort of the the head guy there and he wrote an article I think it was last week about airwolf and about how airwolf shaped his entire life Wow and I and and I just thought I and you read the comments and you see so many different people in the comments saying essentially the same thing is to a lesser degree, but I really don't think people who didn't grow up in the eighties realize how those shows, I mean, unsolved mysteries, unsolved mysteries had an impact on my life. I went into, um, eventually, you know, working in, you know, criminal investigations Because Because of Unsolved
0: Mysteries. Because of
1: Robert Stack and Unsolved Mysteries. That's pretty intense. Yeah, that was the beginning. Just like with Tyler, um, Airwolf started him down the path of now he's a fantastic uh, blogger. He produces the absolute best um, defense-related blog articles you'll ever read. And it started with an 80s TV show.
0: Well, I mean, that's where your influences came from back in the day. I remember yeah. uh, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a Dalmatian when I grew up because of 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> now, my parents quickly uh, stomped that idea out. They're like, no, you're a person, not a dog. That's not going to happen. And I was like, but but that's my dream. You said I could be whatever I wanted to be. Yeah, uh, but we lied, honey. Oh, okay. Plus, you're a woman. What, by, what are by, you ever going to be? By the way, Santa Claus? Mm, Wait, what about Santa Claus? What
1: no, are you I'm trying just, to tell I, I, me?
0: No, I'm just talking about the lies your parents tell you. Wait, what about Santa Claus, Jason? Are you are you? He's gay. To... <gasps> He's not really married to Mrs. Claus. I've got to go. I've got to go commit suicide yeah. right now. No, um, no uh. Santa... and the elves. Do you think they work there because they want to? I mean, I saw that episode of Family Guy, so probably not because they're inbred know? to the point where Stewie can saw one of their little arms off without them even noticing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very sad.
0: So on that note, this has been Night Court, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, Night Court. Great show. Yeah, you know, the show that Jason (laughs) picked but could not possibly talk about for the entire episode.
1: Ah, come on. Yeah. It's a whole whole 80s TV experience. That's the thing.
0: Hey, Dan got all of his pudding. There was an elderly prostitute. Yes. There was a kid with mirrors looking up a 30-year-old woman's skirt. It was fantastic. Yeah. All in all, like like I said, I came into this show with fresh eyes because I'd never heard of it, never seen it, and I, I even confused it with the People's Court with the I know,
1: <laughs> yeah. That you should tell that story. That's a very very <laughs> the whole different. Time, the whole time I'm talking about, we need to do night court. We need to.
0: Do, it's a great show. I it's was all like, this. Why <laughs> didn't the neighbor just like cut the other neighbor's hedges and now they're mad about it? Like I don't I don't even know. Oh, he shot my dog in the middle of the night.
1: Which they 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 did some uh, Judge Wapner jokes on iCourt,
0: on? I, I, yeah oh, okay I yeah, wouldn't know they, like they, I they said I only watched these two episodes so it was fun to come into a show that, that, that was
1: I, that was back when the courtroom television show had a measure of dignity and decorum about
0: it. Well, then came Judge v- Judy and Judge Joe Brown uh, and Judge Purd J- <laughs> Re- on oh, Parks yeah. and Recreation. <laughs> I am a judge. I watched, judge Bird I, is not a judge.
1: I watched half. Of Parks and Rec. Oh, you have to watch all of Parks and Rec. I know. I need to. I do. I need to. Two words,
0: Nick Offerman. I
1: know he's great. He's he's absolutely friggin'. Great.
0: I know the man. I met him in real life, wow. and Megan Mullally. And that's a, two other words to watch that show. It's amazing. Well, okay, all
1: right. I'm all right, down. listeners,
0: you heard it here first. I'm gonna watch Community, and Jason's gonna watch Parks and Recreation. She's
1: lying. She's not really gonna do it.
0: <sighs> and by the way, I've seen
1: half of Parks and Rec, so
0: I've seen a few episodes of Community. Yeah, Get but over you gotta it. watch them all in order. You know what? Anyway, this has been a very exciting episode where we could not possibly stay on topic the entire time. At any rate, listeners, thank you for joining us once again. For hindsight is horrifying. You can actually see a whole one of our episodes as of right now because we're terrible at keeping up our website well at by he- the time we post this one well let's hope so yeah I mean because but- we can't post this one until we post them up before it I mean so you say but we're we're just so slow at everything regardless where can they reach us Jason hind site is
1: that is going to be the place where you can find all of our episodes um we are also on youtube uh we're also on twitter uh jade or uh darth what is
0: uh my you, twitter you handle know, what is your twitter handle my twitter handle is at darth underscore jader underscore our uh hindsight is horrifying twitter account is actually hindsight horror so we've got two different twitter accounts going now so if you just want to put me on blast personally, you can on my Twitter, or you can make suggestions and tell us how terrible this podcast is at, at HindsightHorror on Twitter. You can also reach me at Darth Jader at HindsightIsHorrifying.com. We love to hear your suggestions for future episodes, whether we're just nerding out, kind of like what we did over Night Court, or and maybe we can do a sort of a blend episode where we bring up all the adult jokes that we missed as kids, but... Jason, where, th- where can they email you all the hate mail? Because that's where all the hate mail goes, yeah, ladies they, and gentlemen. Yeah,
1: I love the hate mail. It it, 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 it fuels his soul. It fuels me. Yeah. Uh, Jason at Hindsightishorrifying.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, but you'll have to find me. I'm not going to tell you.
0: Find my Twitter and you'll find his Twitter. Yeah, maybe.
1: Who knows? Yeah. No, Until- if, you, uh, if you find me, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, I am at at
0: north foggy n-o-r-t-h-f-o-g-g-y north foggy it's a lie listeners don't listen to that lie but thank you for joining us once again this has been hindsight is horrifying this is darth jader and jason saying thank you and good night good night
1: Just scatting the uh, theme. scatty body body body